passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. I am Faraz Sadiqi. No Zach Rizzuto on this episode, but I am talking AFC West today. Who I'm targeting, who I'm avoiding. We already went through the NFC West. We went through the NFC East. We went through the AFC East on the last three episodes. So make sure to check those out as well. And while you're at it, if you could subscribe and rate and review the podcast, that would help us out so much. That would only take you probably less than a minute to do that. But let's go ahead and get started with some news and notes since our last episode a few days ago. Uh, there's a decent amount of hype uh, out of Brown's OTAs that Elijah Moore is going to be very involved. Uh, Zach, Jack- Zach Jackson from The Athletic wrote, uh, in a in an article that it's clear that the Browns want to get Elijah Moore the ball on short passes, let him create, and it looks like he's going to be their slot wide receiver, their starting slot wide receiver in an offense that might be a little bit more pass heavy than we think. Um, there's a chance that he is the number two target behind Amari Cooper, and if Deshaun Watson takes a step forward into what you know he was or anything close to it, we're looking at a potential steal in drafts. He's going as the wide receiver forty eight. Right now, uh, going at the 8-9 turn on underdog, you'll probably be able to get him uh, in the 10th round, most likely in the 12-team home leagues. So, you know, something to keep in mind there. Uh, Vikings rookie wide receiver Jordan Addison is a little bit banged up right now. He has a minor injury. Doesn't seem like something we should be too concerned with at the moment. They're, they're not revealing what sort of injury it is, but doesn't seem major there's also uh, a little bit of a hype train starting to steam up around Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross, who, for those who don't know, was undrafted out of Clemson, you know, had a neck injury that forced him to miss the entire 2020 season in college. Uh, you know, seemed to be a potentially career-threatening injury. 
Um, and then he had a foot injury that forced him to miss last season with the Chiefs. But I think he's worth a last round pick at this point. Like he is going in the 18th round of underdog drafts, probably undrafted in most home leagues, you know, as of right now. Uh, very solid late round flyer, you know, with upside, you know, not, you know, zero, probably has a floor of zero, you know, but the upside is there. Um, there's that video that's circulating around of Patrick Mahomes laying it out deep for him, you know, him coming through and catching that ball. Um, pretty encouraging. You know, even Andy Reid has said that he's earned the trust of Patrick Mahomes. So that's a nice ringing endorsement right there. All right. So that's a good segue into the AFC West and might as well start with the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. So much ambiguity at certain positions. Um, and, you know, we'll be covering those positions. But first, Patrick Mahomes, you know, obviously one of the top quarterbacks in the league, a high end every week fantasy starter. Uh, we're obviously in on him. I think the highest I, I draft him is the fourth round. Uh, but I won't be drafting him before Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he's going a lot higher underdog drafts. That's just what happens. Um, I also have Lamar Jackson ahead of him in my rankings for 2023. Uh, but Mahomes is going to get it done for you every single week. Obviously, there's not much need to talk about that too much more. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, he's the dude there. You know, if you're going to draft any skill position player, he's the guy, right? He's turning 34 in October. Okay, it's worth noting, but it's really tough to bet against the you know, the clear tight end one here overall in fantasy. Um, you know, it's almost Travis Kelsey or like later round tight end for me. He's a first round pick once again. Uh, he's a priority grab he's, if he's available in the first round of best ball drafts. But also, you know, he gives you a real leg up in terms of, you know, having a clear positional advantage at the tight end position, which as we've spoken about in the past, you know, it's really, really huge at the tight end position specifically, and it's going to help you win weeks when you have such a positional advantage over your peers and whoever you're, you know, going whoever you're going up against that that week, right? So, I understand that he's getting older, but at the same time, he didn't really show that many, you know, signs of he didn't really show signs of slowing down for the most part last year. So, I think I'm still in on Travis Kelsey in the first round. Um, there are some running backs and some wide receivers that I have, you know, above him. And you can check out my rankings at patreon.com slash fantasy, where I go over all of my positional rankings, but also flex rankings. So that, that'll show you kind of where Kelsey is being ranked. I can't remember off the top of my head where exactly he's being ranked, you know, if I'm including all the positions, but you can go take a look there. We talked about Justin Ross as a sneaky late round pick. Um, you know, Nate Taylor, who covers the Chiefs for the Athletic, is projecting Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Sky Moore to be the top three on the depth chart for now. We don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is going to join this team, right? He would obviously be the clear tar target hog in this offense if he were to join it. But let's assume he doesn't join the Chiefs, right? I think we know what MVS is. He's a guy who will have some sp splash plays. You know, not but not someone who's dependable, right? He's an okay pick in best ball, but not someone you really want to draft, you know, in a regular season-long league. Um, and after that projected starting three, you have Rashi Rice, you have Richie James, you have Justin Ross. Um, and Kadarius Tony's being hyped up as the Chiefs' number one wide receiver. You know, that makes sense, though, given what we have on the roster right now. Um, there, There's also been a quote, from Jeremy Fowler saying that the Chiefs believe that he is number one wide receiver material. You know, we haven't seen that yet from him, you know, on a consistent basis. It, that has to give you a little bit of pause, you know, to make that type of statement. But it's worth noting that he never saw more than 44% of snaps last year. 
He was banged up, of course. What's new? But let's say he gets a larger role, right? Let's say he stays relatively healthy. He had the entire offseason to learn and integrate with the offense, build a rapport with Patrick Mahomes. He was top three among qualifying wide receivers last year in fantasy points per snap. Uh, he was targeted on 23% of his routes. So if he's going to get a full-time role, you know, we need to pay attention, right? The upside is clear to me. He's the definition of boom bust, right? But I think a lot of people don't want to acknowledge the boom part of his game. Uh, but I understand it because of all the injuries and his inability to stay on the field. You know, so where is he being drafted, right? He is being drafted at the he's being drafted at the end of the sixth round on underdog as the wide receiver 36 around guys like Tyler Lockett, Jordan Addison, Dallas Goddard, Dalvin Cook, Deontay Johnson, DeAndre Swift. So looking at those names, it's pretty tough for me to grab him over a bunch of these guys, um, especially if you're looking for a safer option. Um, I do think he has a lot more upside than a couple of these guys. But with that being said, like I don't think I would be mad if I missed out on him this year. The other wide receiver who I mentioned that could be starting for them in three wide receiver sets is Sky Moore, second-year wide receiver. Um, he was in the slot at a higher percentage of his routes than any of the other wide receivers still left on this team. Juju and McCole Hardman ran a higher percentage of their routes out of the slot last year, but they're both gone. We could see more as the primary slot guy, you know, moving around a little bit, but you know, he also didn't have anywhere close to a full-time role last year either. Um, he was targeted in almost 20% of his routes, uh, seven missed tackles forced on only 27 catches. That was close enough to Kadarius Tony's rate, and we know how slippery he is. Um, he actually, Skymore actually had a decent reception perception profile as well, which indicates he could be a solid slot receiver for Patrick Mahomes. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 56. Um, there's clear ambiguity here. <laughs> clear ambiguity. There is legit ambiguity here, and I think this is like the sweet spot that I'm willing to settle for in terms of picking someone from this wide receiver group. Now, you know, if Tony's a little high for me, you know, more in the 11th round or an underdog, like a little later, even in home leagues. I, I think that's solid. And I liked him a lot as a prospect coming into the NFL. I think there's a decent chance here that he takes a step forward in year two. I think Richie James at wide receiver 91 is a solid punt play too in the 18th round. If I don't grab any of these guys earlier, right? He's going undrafted in home leagues. Um, you know, can he be the guy? in the slot for Mahomes over Sky more, I think it's possible. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just hoping that this isn't like a timeshare in the slot, like like it was last year at wide receiver. Like, outside of guys like Juju and MVS, these other guys were just kind of coming, you know, on and off the field. I think we need some stability in this wide receiver core. Um, but, you know, I think betting on, James, uh, on Richie James as a veteran who showed some production last year, you know, I think I bet on him before Rashi Rice to make an impact this season. You know, we spoke about Rice over the course of this entire draft season. I'm not the biggest Rashi Rice guy, and I think this was a big reach by the Chiefs. Not the first time they reach on a wide receiver in the NFL draft, but, you know, I'm personally not targeting Rashi, especially because he's going right around Sky Moore. So if I'm picking between those two guys, it's Sky Moore. And like I said earlier, you know, don't keep your, you know, keep your eyes on Justin Ross. Um, you know, we're going to put up a post on Instagram at this point. <laughs> you know, ranking the Chiefs wide receivers in the order I take them with ADP considered. So, so look out for that post, Instagram.com slash Upperhand Fantasy. But as of right now, it seems like it's Sky Moore, then Justin Ross, then Kadarius Tony, then Richie James in the order that I would draft them 
you know, obviously with ADP considered, right? That's not the order that they're going in, but that's the order that I would take them or I prefer them, you know, given their price. All right, let's move to the Chiefs' backfield. We have Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, all fighting for touches. I think at this point, it's mainly a Pacheco-McKinnon backfield. Pacheco getting the early down work with McKinnon being the primary pass catcher out of the backfield. Pacheco is being drafted as the RB23, and that is way too high for me personally. And I know there are a lot of Pacheco stands out there. He's being taken at the 6-7 turn in underdog. He's going to be taken in the fifth round of home leagues just because running backs usually get drafted a little bit higher in home leagues. And he's going around guys like DeAndre Swift, K-Makers, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Rashad White. I can't do it. Okay, he saw more than 15 carries once last year. He had more than two targets once last year. He did randomly get six targets in the AFC Championship, but Jack McKinnon tweaked his ankle in that game, re-aggravated later in that game. He saw 50% of snaps only three times last year including the playoffs. If he's not catching passes and he's not going to have a chance to give me like 17 or 18 rushing attempts per game, he's not the type of every week RB2 that I want. And he doesn't even have a ton of upside, to be honest. Like he will have his games because he's on a good offense, but he is the definition of a replaceable RB2, if that. I'd rather shoot for someone around his price that has more upside and still offers the same or more stability in terms of workload. Now, I'd rather take a shot on Jarek McKinnon, who had three RB1 weeks in his last five games last year. Uh, Pacheco didn't even sniff a top 12 week last year. McKinnon was even the overall RB1 two weeks in a row. And if you ask why, because since their bye week, McKinnon had six six-plus target games. He had five games with five or more catches. He finished the season scoring at least one touchdown in every single game over his last six games, eight touchdowns in that span. And he's going off the board as the RB43 in the 11th round on underdog. Um, that's the Chiefs running back that I'll be going after, personally. And if you're wondering, like, if is Pacheco a good running back? I, I think he is a solid running back, but I don't think he's anything special, okay? Uh, with a minimum of 150 carries last year, he ranked 12th among 33 running backs in yards after contact per attempt, which is great. And I think that's we knew that's one of his strong suits, right, after contact, right? Um, but in terms of misforced tackles, he was one of the worst in the league uh, in terms of, you know, on a per-carry basis. He was, like, right around Brian Robinson's rate. Actually, Brian Robinson had a better rate than him. So that tells you what you need to know. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. All right, that was quite the extensive breakdown of the Chiefs. So much ambiguity there. Let's move on. Now, if you enjoyed that, please make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening, and rate and review the podcast as well. It just helps us grow and reach more audience, more people, audiences, whatever. You get it. We greatly appreciate that. Um, let's move on to the Broncos. Sean Payton is the biggest ad of the offseason for Denver. A lot can change, you know, including a resurgence from Russell Wilson. It's very possible that the one year last year actually is not an indication you know, of the quarterback that Russell Wilson is. And 
you know, it was just an outlier year for him potentially. Uh, now that he's paired with Sean Payton and not Nathaniel Hackett, by the way, we even saw Russ have two top five finishes in two games with Hackett without Hackett at the end of last season. He has weapons, right? And we'll talk about them, potentially Jerry Judy taking a step forward. Uh, they improved the offensive line a ton. I think I'm in on Russ this year at his price. He's being drafted as a QB 18 at the 11-12 turn on underdog. So I think he can bounce back in this situation, um, and you can get him at a great price. We talked about Javante Williams extensively over the past few months. I think I'm out on him right now. Uh, even as the RB29 off the board on underdog, like I understand it's relatively low risk at that price, but I think he's just uh, he's close to a full avoid for me because of the extent of his injuries and the fact that it's not just an ACL. You know, It's a multi-ligament injury that could take him a lot more time than you think to get anywhere close to 100%. You know, I know he's back in OTAs, but he's limited. That makes sense, you know, given his injury. If Javante was healthy and Sean Payton was their coach, like, I think he, he would be ranked as, like, a top eight or top nine running back for me this season. Sean Payton's backfields have been, been – Sean Payton's backfields have been producing RB1s like no other coach. And we're talking almost 20 years now. Okay, we're not just talking Alvin Kamara. But Samaj P. Ryan, on the other hand, being – being drafted as the RB35 at the 9-10 turn on underdog, probably will be going in the eighth round or so in home leagues. Uh, he's a big target for me at that price. I think they're going to rely on P. Ryan while Javante ramps up. Uh, I think he'll be the running back to have in the first several weeks of the season during that process. But also, even when Javante is ready to return, I think P. Ryan is going to be very involved. We know how much Sean Payton loves to use his running backs in the receiving game. That's already a big part of P. Ryan's skill set. And I think there's a good chance that P. Ryan is an every week RB2 with upside. All right, now moving on to the wide receivers. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are the primary wide receivers on this offense. There's always been some hype around Tim Patrick. You know, he's 29 years old at this point, coming off a, a pretty major injury. He'll be 30 in November. Not someone I'm targeting. But Judy is being taken as the wide receiver 21 in the fourth round you know, of underdog drafts. It seems like the market is betting on a breakout for him, and I get it two top three finishes and four top 24 finishes in the last five weeks last year, averaging 91 receiving yards during that span, 25% target share. His weighted opportunity was the highest on the team during that span. Overall wide receiver three in fantasy points per game during that span. <laughs> and now has Sean Payton to help scheme him up, right? You think of Marcus Colson, you think of Michael Thomas, those guys come to mind, but Judy is a very, very good separator. Even at the high, even at the higher price, like I think he's the guy to target when you compare him to Sutton. And I was on the Sutton train last year. I thought his skill set matched what Russ and Hackett wanted to do, uh, and he did lead the team in overall target share and air yard share last season as a whole. But I think I will concede now that Judy is the better wide receiver, uh, as he did come on late. He ended up being the guy to have, and I think there's more from Judy that is left untapped. And I think Sean Payton can bring that out. Now, there was a little bit of, uh, of ambiguity in the tight end room for the Broncos, but it seems like Greg Dulcich is starting to impress Sean Payton. He called him uh, a Joker player, which, you know, he kind of compared that Joker title to guys like Alvin Kamara, Darren Sproles, and Reggie Bush. Uh, he also talked about some of his really good previous tight ends. And what he means by that is guys who create mismatches in the receiving game. And if he's comparing Greg Dulcich to those guys, like, how can you not be in, right? Like, he also said 
yesterday that he had exceptional ball skills, and it seems like he's going to be pretty involved in the pass game based on his comments. So, he listen, like, Dulcich had a very good rookie season, right, which says a lot given he, that he's a tight end. He's actually top 10 in fantasy points per game among rookie tight ends since 2010. Uh, and with him being drafted as a tight end 15 this year, I think he makes a solid later round tight end pick. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 